Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call and glad to have you here for another episode. And folks, this is a first tonight for me and Brother Benjamin was going to be on here in a few minutes and we have gotten his technology upgraded. He has gotten it upgraded and uh, we're getting him on tonight. So we're going to be bringing him in across the internet and I'm excited about that. Um, God has blessed us to get the maybe the audio signal a little clearer and uh, should be a great thing. But folks, tonight's program, the storm is here. I can't stress this enough, folks. It is here. This is spiraling out of control. Our government is falling apart. Uh, they're not, they're actually not falling apart. They are trying to take control of every ounce of our lives. This woke uh, culture. This is the generation that are truly believe they are washed in. In their own eyes, but the truth is they are filthy, and the Lord is calling us out to be separate, to come out of her, my people, be separate, and certainly touch not the unclean thing. Folks, the whole point of sanctification is about setting oneself apart, setting ourselves apart unto the Lord. And the deception is here. It's it's interesting because this week was the first time, um, besides everything else that is going on in this world, which Benjamin's going to talk about tonight, and it is truly an eye-opener. But this was the first week, even on uh, my job, uh, when I was out at a customer's site, and they had asked me if I had my vaccine and I said, no, I'm not getting one. The look in their eyes of disappointment. And for, I could tell they were not happy. And I said, well, I think everybody should have one. And it began to give me the insight, folks, that people are going to begin to hate those who do not have a vaccine. There are those who already do. And folks, if you have one, listen, I'm not here to tell you whether you're right or wrong. If you took one, I don't think you should. I think it's bad. It changes your DNA, but that's between you and the Lord. But for me and my house, we're not going to do it. And I felt this first time this week that things are about to get real, but there are other things that are going on that may put a kibosh on that before it even gets going. We're going to see, but with that, we are going to bring in our guest tonight, Brother Benjamin Baruch, and I'm excited to have him on. Brother, are you here with me? Hey, Frank, great to be with you. Brother, I do not hear a hum, and it's amazing. Praise <laughs> the Lord Jesus. Oh, yeah. Amen. Hey, yes. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, mo folks, you don't always hear it because I, I post, uh, edit it out a lot of times, and um, so praise God, but brother, you sound clear, and what a moment. This is like Esther for a time like this. We need clarity in this hour. And uh, you know that you've been sending out some messages uh, and you've been recording some messages. And maybe, brother, you can talk a little bit about that tonight, too, um, about what's going on with that. But, brother, I'm going to ask that you could just open up this program with some prayer and let's dive right in to these serious times that we're in and talk about it tonight. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Frank. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you've been so faithful to warn us, to show us everything that lies ahead, that we would not be taken back. We would not be captured by the deceit of the enemy, but rather our eyes would be wide open. I thank you that you've revealed all things all the plans of the enemy have been revealed unto us. Lord, you're so faithful. I pray that our hearts would be open to teaching by your Holy Spirit tonight. That we would be equipped with the spiritual insight and the knowledge and the understanding of what we must now do in this final moment of peace before the whirlwind begins, before the storm comes upon us all. We see its clouds gathering on the horizon. If we dare turn on the news or look at the internet, we see the evidence of the storm all around us. Mm. But for many of us, many of us, it has not yet touched our house. It hasn't touched our lives directly, but it is about to touch everyone. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be 
led by you into how to prepare, what to do in these final days of peace before the whirlwind breaks out upon this earth. And we look to you. Our salvation doesn't come from the hills. We place no confidence in chariots. We trust not in our strength or our own flesh. Rather, Lord, we look to you for you are our salvation. You have become our salvation and you're the rock that we're going to flee to. You're the high tower where the remnant of God will be saved. And so we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Brother, thank you so much for coming on again. Like I said, uh, it's been um, it's been a wild few weeks since the last time. It's actually been about a month since you were last on, and it feels like a year in what's happened. Well, and folks, one last thing I want to say is this program is fully unmasked. Uh, even though like the president, he likes to put on his mask, even though he's fully vaccinated, brother Benjamin and I are not, and we are unmasked. So it's safe to listen to. Uh, yeah. Just- well, you know, the masks were always worn generally by the criminals, by the robbers, the thieves, the liars, the pretenders, the people who come in pretense to deceive. They always wear a mask of one form or another. That's right. I think for, um, what, what should we call this guy? The, uh, <laughs> uh, the dead man walking in the White House. I, I call him Mr. Magoo. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Well, only Mr. Magoo actually really did no harm. And, um, you know, this guy's doing anything but. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, praise God. Great to be back. The storm is indeed upon us. It's simply amazing. Um, you know, we're seeing the beginning of the economic unraveling. You know, in t- a year ago, Frank, if you wanted to ship a 40-foot container from Asia to the United States, you would pay $1,000 and you had ample supply options to choose from. Today, the price is over 10000 and you can't find a container. If you're an exporter trying to ship back-ordered supplies from China to the United States, you can't get a ship today. And the disruption that occurred in the Suez has literally been like a train derailment through the entire merchant marine delivery system. So the the economy is shuddering on numerous levels. And on top of its disruptions, we have the federal government throwing out the helicopter money that Ben Bernanke talked about. Those of you that don't recall the comment, the former chairman of the Federal Reserve said, well, you know, if all else fails, we can resort to helicopter money and fly over the cities of America with helicopters and just throw bushel barrels of money out the side of the helicopter to stimulate the economy. And of course, It does have an effect on immediate demand because all the free money shows up in the marketplace almost immediately, but the consequence is radical changes in price, and we're beginning to see that now. Frank, in the last 12 months, producer prices have exploded. Iron ore up 110%. Soybeans, corn, wholesale up 70%. Lumber up 400%. I was calling about some metal siding for uh, a horse barn that I'm building. And the sales rep said, well, if you order today, you'll get to this week's price. But next week, the price will be 15% higher. And last week was 15% less. In the last month, price is up 40%. We are seeing explosive inflation. And we're rapidly entering a period of of chaos, a period of time where price will no longer matter. The only issue will be, can you deliver? Price will be the footnote on the transaction. We're seeing that in the housing market all over the country. The scarcity of housing, the the panic of people to, to buy a home outside the city or to get out of an apartment because of the lockdowns. And with the Fed engineering near 0% mortgage rates, everybody with a job who could fog a mirror qualifies for a home. A huge rush of people into the housing market. 
And at the same time, there are major home building projects that are being mothballed for lack of the materials to finish the homes. And in some instances, the builders have simply shut down production because the material cost has skyrocketed year over year. Well, Benjamin, if you look right now at Lowe's, seven sixteenths inch plywood, I mean, press board, OSB, I'm talking about the cheapest we used to be able to get, right? $50 a shot. That That was yesterday, Frank. $62 $62 now, 75 in a month, 102, 200 and unavailable in six months. You know, I've got some builder friends of mine. I work in the home building industry as a financial advisor. And so, you know, I'm getting the pulse from housing projects all over the country. And some of these guys are making comments like, well, these prices have to go down. Well, do they? The only way the prices go down is when supply exceeds demand. But Frank, the amazing thing, key executives from major American corporations have been leaking the news that they are being quietly advised to prepare their companies for a complete shutdown by midsummer. And by that, I mean July, August. Major commercial airline companies, some of the largest commercial airlines, the service, the U.S. and the international markets, they've been told there will be a complete shutdown of air travel in, I mean, what are we looking at? We've got May, June, July is three months, August is four September 5 and October is 6. We are looking at the potential for an economic collapse. And so these prices that are spiraling out of control, they're just the precursor. They're sort of the chest pains of the economy. If if the economy is pictured as a, a human being, a living organism, a human body with all of its constituent parts, These price shocks that are reverberating through the wholesale level of the economy right now are the chest pains before the major heart attack occurs. And this heart attack is is going to be devastating. And printing more money will not bring recovery. Actually, the elite have another solution planned altogether, and that would involve a war. A war that almost no one can imagine, Frank. A war the likes of which the world has not seen. In Europe, some of the European governments are already warning their people. The government of France issued a public announcement to their municipalities, to their emergency organizations, to prepare for a imminent war on mainland European soil and to prepare for casualties on the magnitude of World War II. Well, World War II pretty much devastated the European continent. And what is coming is World War III. Frank, isn't it amazing As soon as the 70th year of America Babylon expired in March of, well, that was 2021, Uh, March 20th, I think. We're talking about 40 days ago, Frank. It's been 40 days since the end of Babylon's 70 years of rule. And now the judgment sequence has begun, and the world is literally counting down the days until a total economic collapse enshrouds the planet. If we thought the riots of 2020 were something, wait till the food shortages hit later this year. And then the impact of the war itself. We are about to go where no generation of humanity has ever gone before. 
The Lord's about to do something that has never been seen before on this planet. And that's astonishing. He's going to do something that will make their ears tingle. He's going to bring a judgment so severe men cannot imagine the ferocity of, of its violence. And it's pictured as a storm. World War III itself is actually described as a storm in the scriptures. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 9, we read, The enemies of Israel will ascend and come upon the land of Israel like a storm, and they shall be a cloud to cover the land. You, Gog, Magog, and the chief tribes of Russia, and all of your bands, and many people with thee, Syria, Iran, Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Gomer, Libya, Put, all of these led by the Chaldean elite that rule the red countries. They march under the banner of the red dragon, and they're coming as a, as a desolation, as a storm upon the land. And that word storm in Hebrew, in Ezekiel 38, is the word shoah. It's the same word the Israelis chose to describe the Nazi Holocaust, an annihilation, a destruction, a tempest, a devastation so bad, so horrific. They described it as a tempest, a whirlwind, a storm. Nahum writes in chapter 1, verse 3, The Lord is slow to anger and great in his power, and he will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind of the storm and the clouds of the dust of his feet. The Lord's going to have his way in this storm. And that's good because that means there's a shelter in the storm. There's a shelter for the people of God who choose to repent. My dear friends, Bruce and Rhonda Johnson um, contacted me today and they said, Benjamin, we've had some questions from some of the people that are um, following the social media sites uh, that exists for my book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand. And um, we also have a new YouTube channel. You guys should look for it. I'm going to be posting a series of new YouTubes. There's already several up. It's The Day of the Lord is at Hand. Um, if you do a search for Benjamin Baruch on YouTube, that channel won't come up yet. We're, we're hopefully, hopefully going to fix that momentarily, but you, you need to do a search for the day of the Lord is at hand. And I don't know, Frank, maybe you could put a link to the new YouTube channel in the description for the show. It's but hard. You guys are going to want to check this out because there's some great, some great material that would bless you mightily. But, but the Johnsons called me and they said, Benjamin, people are writing and they're asking, what do we do? You know, we believe you. We, we see it. We see it ourselves. You know, you don't need to take my word for it. Just look out the window. Just open a newspaper. Just discern what's in the spirit right now. It's in the wind. The wind is crying. The east wind is howling. The dogs of doom are gathering. And so what do we do? And, you know, there's a lot of prescriptions, you know, we could, we could try to prepare in the flesh for the end of all flesh. We could try to prepare in our own strength for the day when all human strength will fail. We could try to stockpile gold and silver for a time when your gold will be removed and the silver will be thrown in the streets. We could try to prepare in our own strength in a time when all the preparations of men will prove utterly worthless. Lord gave me a dream long ago, and I was with a number of believers, and everyone who had done their preparation, you know, <laughs> it was really a humorous dream, you know, because some of the people, had, they'd stockpiled toilet paper, and hey, that was really wise a year ago. 
But toilet paper burns along with everything else. You know, and others had, you know, their, their silver coins or their gold coins. And I had a couple cans of tuna fish. <laughs> that would be my favorite, I guess. <laughs> and we were all together. And then suddenly the day of the Lord began. And instantly, all of our provisions were worthless. Everything we had done in the flesh was utterly in vain. You cannot prepare for the end of all flesh by preparing in the flesh. You're just preparing to be part of the end. You're preparing for your end. No, if you want to be among the redeemed, you have to prepare to enter the holy place. To enter the place where the shelter of Almighty God will cover you and your family. Hallelujah. Let's read about that place, shall we? Turn over to Psalm 91 for me. Actually, let's start in Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. We were never supposed to dwell in houses made of wood. We were supposed to dwell in the house of the Lord. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever had you even formed the earth or the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction. And yes, indeed, that time has come. The end of all flesh has come. The end of the 70-year reign of America, Babylon, has come. The end of the seven weeks of Daniel 9 has come. The time for the birth of the kingdom of God has come. We are awaiting the birth of the man-child. And really, even as the birth of Jesus Christ in, in Bethlehem, 1900, 2000 years ago, went relatively unnoticed and unseen by much of the known world at the time. It wasn't until the Lord's ministry was revealed 30 years later that the world took notice of this man who they were certain had come forth from Nazareth. And can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, if it's born in Bethlehem, I would say the answer is yes. But God is about to turn mankind over to destruction. And they are but as yesterday when they are past, as a watch in the night and the night is soon gone. The woke joke crowd is about to find out the joke was on them. They'll be carried away with a flood. They are asleep. And in the morning, they are grass that grows up. And in the evening, they are cut down. And they wither. We are consumed by thy anger and by thy wrath. We are all terrified. We're all troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. We need to deal with that. And you know what the antidote is? Acknowledge your sin to the Lord. Repent and confess your sin one to another. Go to the brother or the sister that you have offended and repent. Humble yourself. Commit your ways to the truth. And turn from every evil way. And repent, for the Lord is plenteous in mercy. Even in these final hours, the Lord rejoices in mercy. He's been looking for a way to forgive the people. But be not like the impudent generation that went before us. And do not harden your heart. For if you harden your heart, you'll be altogether destroyed. Our days are passed away in wrath. We spent our years as a sigh, as a tale that is told. Isn't it amazing now, most of us listening to this program tonight, most of us are 
the elder generation now. There might be a few young people, perhaps even, even some very young people. Shout out to my little sister, Rini. I'm sure she's listening. God bless you, Rini. Continue to stand in prayer. You're, you're a mighty daughter of the almighty God. You be blessed, little one, for you're covered by his power. But for most of us, our lives were a tale that was told. And we look back and we're like, how did we make so many mistakes? When we meant to do good, how did we do so much wrong? Well, we were following our own plan. You know, if the truth be told, this was our plan. This was our design. For most of us, it didn't end very well. But it's not yet over. The tale of our lives is not yet fully told. There is a finale yet to be written, and we can write it in the word of God. We can write the destiny that the Lord has chosen for us in the annals of time by simply turning from our own way and choosing to follow the Lord. The days of our years are but three score and ten. And if by reason of strength, there shall be four score. The generation shall be 70 years. And if the Gabarim come, if the mighty ones come, if the 144,000 come down, and they shall surely come, then the generation of last days Israel shall be 80 years. Yet in this time of strength will be great labor, much hardship and sorrow. And then we will be very soon cut off and we will all fly away. Who knows the power of his anger? Even according to fear, so is his wrath. So teach us to number our days. No one knows the day or the hour, Benjamin. Then why would God say that we should be taught how to number these days? That we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord. You think the scripture is not talking about the return of the Lord? Moses wrote Psalm 90, return, O Lord, how long until you return? The generation of the fig tree, the number of years, 70. And if by reason of the rescue of the Gabarim, the nation shall live to 80. That's 2028. Depending on how you benchmark and bookmark the years, perhaps you could say we last to 2029. That would put the great war in 2021. Well, that's not very far away, is it? Or perhaps 22. Return, O Lord, how long? Let it repent thee concerning thy servants. We really want the Lord to repent, to have compassion upon us, to, to change his plans. Because the Lord has a hard way planned for many who they claim his name. They declare themselves the people of God. They believe they're a part of the true kingdom of Israel. And the name means ruled by God, yet they rule their own lives. They make their own way. They follow the plans of their own choosing. The Lord calls them inventions, and they all lead to ruin. You don't believe me? Then just keep watching for a few more months. You will see the ruin of many. And we need to turn away from our own way now. And forget the idea of saving yourself. That's out the window too. That shouldn't even be on our agenda. We need to learn how to walk with the Lord. We need to learn to come out of the place of compromise and to come out of the mind of the flesh and to enter into the holy place. We must leave the outer court of sin behind. We must change our garments. We must cleanse our hands at the lather in the temple and in the spirit of God. We must make the sacrifice of our own life on the altar that burns in, before the throne of God in the heavens. And yes, a sacrifice is required of you. I know so many Christians think Jesus is the only one who had to provide his life a living sacrifice. I guess they just don't study the book because we are admonished to pick up our own cross, present our own lives a living sacrifice. 
and to seek not even to save ourselves. Jesus didn't come to save himself. Had Jesus come to save himself, he did not a very good job. But he didn't come to save himself. He came to save his people, and he, he excelled. The Lord's work was excellent. But at no point did he seek to save his own life. And because he laid his life down as a servant, he's now exalted throughout eternity as the king of kings. Repent, O Lord. Repent concerning your servants. Oh, satisfy us early with mercy. There's a clue. What do we need to do? It involves early in the morning. First thing we need to do is put the first things first. The first fruits come before any other part of the day. We wake up early. Get up and pray, for the days of ease are ending soon. Set your alarm clock early. Make a point to get up early. And don't check the internet news. Don't run and feed your flesh. Rather, go into your prayer closet. Go into your prayer loft. And seek the Lord early, while he still may be found. Satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad in our days. And in order to rejoice, you must be filled with joy. And the problem with being filled with joy in a time of great doom is everywhere you look, the darkness and woe and fear coming upon the earth. And if all you do is spend your time focusing on the dark clouds that grow darker still by the day, you'll fill your heart with dismay. Anxiety will overcome you. Even your prayers will be filled with fear and anxiety. You will not be entering the courts of the Holy One with praise, nor will the joy of the Lord be your strength. So we must remedy this by losing the news. You need to lose the news. You already know the time is upon us. What we need to find is the instructions from God as to what we must now do. You do not need to hear from Bill Gates or the rest of these Chaldean fools. Be like most of the country that didn't even bother to turn on the TV when the pretender-in-chief was speaking to an empty house of Congress. No, we need to turn to our God. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us. If we do turn, the Lord will restore to us joy in proportion to the days of our affliction. Now, some of you, perhaps you've seen days of affliction. Others, perhaps not. I would think if you're listening to me, you've probably seen some affliction. Because the best life now people turned me off long ago. I speak to the brokenhearted ones. And to the weak. And to the outcast. And to those the Lord would gather as his remnant. And the Lord is going to make you glad for the years of affliction that you've endured wherein we've seen evil, and we see it even today. So what are we to do? Let's turn our eyes away from the evil. and Let's look up. Let's look to the Lord. So here's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. We need to seek God first each day with a first fruit offering. Before you do anything else, set time to pray. And second, in your prayer time, you must also be in the word. After you've entered God's presence in prayer, you must also feed the living manna, the living rima word of God, that your spirit man would be strengthened before you even feed your flesh. Before you break your fast in the flesh, you need to feed your spirit man.
And here, this is most important. And I got this directly from the Lord by revelation just the other day. So many people are not even praying. And of the ones that are praying, we're, our prayers are more a prayer of anxiety, a, a prayer filled with stress, a, a, a prayer of almost unbelief. And, and to remedy that, brothers and sisters, we need to begin to worship the Lord. Need to sing hallelujah unto our God, for Jesus is worthy to be praised. And as we begin to enter into the Lord, into his presence, through songs of praise, and, and it doesn't matter what song you choose, choose the ones you know and begin to sing in your prayer loft, in your prayer closet. For only the Lord can rescue us now. Whatever we do to save ourselves is, is certain to fail. The Lord promised us, if any man seeks to save his life, you will lose it. Salvation is of the Lord. It's not of Benjamin. It's not of Frank. And it's not of you or of your pastor or of your friends. And we'll talk about friends later. We'll talk about pastors later. Right now, I'm talking to you. We must it is imperative that you begin to leave the outer court, which is the place of the Laodicean multitude. It's the place of the mixed multitude. In the outer court, there's a freeway running through my backyard. There's a freeway through the outer court, and it's free, and you can go whatever way you choose. It's a wide road, and you go in the way that seems right unto your eyes. And many there be that seek to enter through that wide freeway. And their end is destruction. Or their end is the correction of the rod of discipline in the, the repentance rehabilitation workshop that is going to be sponsored by the Chaldean government. If you get sent to the workshop, it's the mercy of God. But there's no reason, there's no reason to go to the camps when the door to the sanctuary of the Lord remains open still. But we must begin to fast and pray. Only through fasting and prayer can the witchcraft that's been done against all of us be broken. Only through fasting and prayer can the demonic strongholds that are afflicting our families, our children, even our own lives, they're only broken through fasting and prayer and through worship, which allows the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God to fall and to come upon us. And we keep pressing in until we break through. Hallelujah. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory to their children. What work has God been doing? Well, he's been working in you. We are the workmanship of the Lord, the living stones of a living temple. Everything in the new covenant is being done by the spirit of God. Everything in the old covenant was in the flesh. It was given as instruction, a type of a shadow. a picture in the natural of a reality in the spirit. That's why those that are so caught up with wanting to go back and do the old covenant perfectly, they are so misled. First of all, there is no perfect way to do the old covenant because the covenant was written for the flesh. The flesh will never be perfected. The flesh will be crucified or it will be incinerated. It will be charred. Frank, you know that word charred? We get charcoal and, and we get charred and it means, it means burnt to a crisp. Yes. You know what's amazing? That word comes from Hebrew. The word is chara in Hebrew and it means to be completely incinerated. It was the lamb that was, that was sacrificed, slaughtered on, on the Passover Eve that was then roasted in the fire. And after the Passover meal, the fire was kindled yet again. And every 
remnant of that lamb was charred in the fire by morning. And that's what's going to be left of the flesh. The outer court will be trodden down by the Gentiles. The Chaldeans will come with terror and fire. And anyone trying to perfect their covenant with God through the ways of the old covenant, I, I must inform you that the glory cloud has moved on. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is no longer in the Sinai. If you go wandering around lost in the desert, you will be wandering around lost in a desert. If you want to follow the Lord, you must follow the Holy Spirit now. And if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Brothers and sisters, it's not about figuring out what to do next. This is the time of our perplexity. There's no man that knows what to do. There's no man that knows what's coming this weekend. There's no one that knows what's going to happen on June 15th or June 21 when summer comes. But I'm reminded of the warning of the Lord. Tell the people to clean their houses for summer is coming soon. And of course, summer is the time of the wheat harvest, the judgment of the people of God. And the judgment must first begin with us. And if we're correct, the judgment of Babylon is drawing nigh, then the judgment of the church is even sooner, which behooves us to take heed. Let thy work appear unto thy servants. Let the Lord redeem you and deliver you and then show you the work that he's done in your heart. All the years of tears, all of the heavy burdens of affliction, all of those crosses that we all had to bear have worked a work of righteousness within us. Even Jesus learned obedience through the thing he suffered. And he was the righteous eternal son without sin. We were the, the children that had fallen into sin, born into sin, really. And then most of us jumped right in with both feet as well. Stupid is as stupid does, and every one of us has been stupid long enough. Ways of the flesh bring only death and misery. It's only by the Spirit of God that we can have life. Even the words of the flesh are nothing but a snare. The word, the letter of the law of God brings death. If interpreted in the mind of the flesh, it's only the Spirit, the Rima word of God, that can bring life because the life only comes by the Holy Spirit when we are born again. And in being born again, we are filled with the real Holy Spirit, not these religious spirits that have everybody arguing about all of this Torah debate. I love the word of God. But the old covenant was the covenant of death. So testifies the Apostle Paul. And the new covenant is the covenant of life. The old covenant is Mount Sinai and represented by Hagar and her children of slavery. Do you really wish to go back to slavery? Well, if you do, I've got good news for you because slavery is coming. Oh, yes, it is. I'll tell you the truth. The Chaldeans are coming. Yes, Habakkuk. Chapter one, for lo, I will raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, and they shall march through the breadth of your land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They're terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceeds of themselves. They're full of themselves and they're full of the devil as well. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than evening wolves. And their horsemen come from far. They shall fly as an eagle that, that is in a hurry to eat. And they come for violence. Their faces are filled, as it were, with the east wind. And that's the word kadim. And it actually means from ancient times. 
It's the conquering wind known as Mariah, which is the satanic horde. Their faces are filled with the faces of devils, and they will gather the captives as the sand of the seashore. And that word is Shabi, and it means the captured ones, the prisoners, the ones they take away. They will gather captives in number as to the sand of the sea. Only a few berries will escape their reach, a few on the outermost bow and a few at the very top of the tree. And these are the remnant, which are the portion that is given unto the Lord. But if you are little, and if you have no strength, if these words cause you to tremble in fear, and you have no wealth in Babylon, and you have no strength in your flesh, and God's word causes you to tremble, I have good news for you. All the remnant have is Jesus. That's why they put him first every morning. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us as we enter into the inner court, which is the place of the priesthood. And you are called a generation of kings and priests under the authority and the anointing of the Lord. And the beauty of the Lord will come upon your face as the presence of the Holy One begins to reflect from your forehead. The faces of the evil ones are being filled with the devils. If you look at some of these men, these wicked men that are paraded on the news, you can see the demonic already upon them. That wicked witch in, in um, the land of Oz in the center of our country, which again, is that the name of that state? Yeah, I think it's called Witch Again or something like that. Yeah, look at her face. She must be one of the highest level high priestess of this satanic. It's manifesting all over her. They come for violence and the demonic is all over their face. Well, the righteous are going to have the glory and the beauty of the Lord upon them and establish Thou, the work of our hands upon us. Yes, the work of our hands. If we're busy doing God's work, he's going to establish it. And then we will be the people to whom Psalm 91 pertains. He that dwells, lives, resides in the secret place of the Most High God. He will also abide under the shadow and the protection of the Almighty. They will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. And surely the Lord will deliver you from the snare of the Father. There are many that need deliverance today. Only the Lord can deliver you. And from the noisome pestilence, from the plague, from the whatever the latest bioweapon is being released around the world, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will trust. And he will be your shield and your buckler. And you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that is about to fly by day, nor for the pestilence that is walking in darkness, nor for the destruction, the violence that is going to waste at noonday. Thousands will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come nigh unto you. Only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. Antifa will be no more. Antifa, na, na, goodbye. BLM, see ya. All these communist insurrection movements, they're going to disappear. Amen. They're going to be gone. You're going to see the reward of the wicked. And because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high God of Israel, because you've made the Lord your habitation, the, the Lord, the presence of the Lord is where you've decided to live your life. You don't need to be fretting the news. You don't need to be worried about the, to check the latest bad news from the Chaldean times. You can lose the news, turn off the sorcerers, and enter and go and wait upon the Lord your God. Now, listen, some of you guys maybe haven't broken through into the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't, you know, have the, maybe you're not fully comfortable even with that idea. That doesn't matter. The Lord pours out the Holy Spirit. Only Jesus can give the Holy Spirit to you. You wait on the Lord. 
Even as Jesus told his disciples, wait on me in Jerusalem. In not many days, the Holy Spirit will be poured out from on high. And that commandment was given to the people during the counting of the Omer. And, and we are in the count of the Omer right now. And we're, we're counting towards the end of the Feast of Seven Weeks and the 50th day, which is Shavuot, which is Pentecost. It's the day that the Lord came down and he visited Moses on the mountains of Sinai and the mountain burned. It's the day the Lord came down in the upper room in the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire appeared on the heads of the disciples. And their entire flesh identity burned. The Lord's about to come down and walk the mountains again. And they will again burn. He's going to walk through the, through the nations of the wicked and they will burn as well. But first he's going to come and visit his people. He's coming as a purifying fire. Amen. He's coming to deliver us. We need to learn We've got to put him first. We've got to stop spending all our time listening to all of the liars and all of the voices of fear. We need to learn to wait on the Lord. And in your waiting, worship, put worship music on, sing unto the Lord, exalt the God of your salvation for the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And as we praise him, the spirits of fear must go. You can bind them and cast them out. Bind the spirits that would block the second heaven above your head. You've been given all power over the power of the enemy. Use your authority. It's time that we fight back in this war. Take what is ours. It is our right to enter the holy place. Jesus paid for that with his life and his blood. And no demon in hell can stop you. And you also have the right to redeem that which is yours, that has been sold under the curse. But first we must repent utterly. and We must do the fasting and prayer during this final counting of the Omer. And I, I'm sorry, I do, Frank, do you know the exact day that we're at right now? I think we're probably at like 20 or 21 or maybe more. Uh, actually, I don't. I can look that up here while you're talking. When's Pentecost? It would be the 23rd of the May. The 23rd. Yes. So we have 23 days to die to the flesh. 23 mm. days to stop trying to save our lives. 23 days to turn off the voices of confusion and turn off the talking heads of Babylon. 23 days to put the Lord first. Set our alarm early. Get up and pray for the days of ease are ending soon. And, and yeah, that was the time when the disciples gathered in the upper room. Ten days prior to That's right. Pentecost, yes. So, yeah, I would encourage everybody. This really um, this sanctify. Is like it. Yeah, sanctify the time, folks. I mean, listen, you know, I mean, uh, make make that time, you know, set it apart. Um you know, we don't, you know, you might have to work, you may have to do whatever, but you can have an upper room experience on your own. Uh, if you can gather with other people, that's even more ideal. Uh, it's not always possible, but, you know, set apart that time. Um, do, do just let you know, start prepping now in the prayer. And then that 10 days prior, just like they did in the upper room, begin that serious. The, the Bible talked about them being in one accord, uh, not because they were driving Hondas, folks, because they had been praying and seeking the Lord with one heart and, and their mind was singly focused. Yes, they had differences of people and attitudes and opinion, but their desire was they wanted the deliverance. They wanted the gift of the spirit that was to be poured out so that the mission could be fulfilled. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the father was given. And folks, listen, the best wine is saved for last. So expect God to pour out in abundance in these last days. Sorry, brother, back to you. Yeah, that's good. Amen, brother. So, yeah, to those who are really struggling with what do I do? Well, it's very simple. We turn back to the Lord with all of our hearts. And we turn away from the world. 
Come out from among them, be ye separate, enter your prayer closet, close the door behind you for the, the desolation, the storm, the whirlwind is about to come forth. You want to be hidden in him when this whirlwind strikes. And, you know, the Lord is mighty to save. That's what he, he said that of himself. When the, the prophet in Isaiah said, who is this that comes from Edom, traveling in your glorious apparel, mighty in strength? Who are you? And, and, and the messenger said, it is I who am mighty to save. And, and God is mighty to save you, and he's mighty to save your children, and he's mighty to save everything that has been consecrated unto him. And the Lord, he keeps his promises he spoke to me, and this was um, 25 years ago when I was translated into the future. And, you know, Frank, I never really realized that in November of 1996, when I got translated into the future, and I, sh I saw the judgment coming upon the church, and it wasn't a vision. I was there. I, I, I got to experience it firsthand. And... Um, when the Lord took me back to my living room, I was uh, hysterical, would be an understatement. And I cried out and I said, Lord, what must we do to be saved? And that, that's the question I think the Johnsons asked me, that, that everybody's asking on social media, what must we do to be saved? And I'll give you the answer that the Lord said. This is a direct quote. I will protect that which is mine and everything else will be destroyed. And indeed, it did all get destroyed. And so let's be the people that enter in. Let's be the people who return their lives to the Lord wholly and totally and become his. And then you don't have to worry about protecting yourself. The Lord will do the job for you. And in reality, he's the only one that can. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And be sure to check out uh, my new YouTube channel. It's, it's actually um, under the day of the Lord is at hand. And uh, hopefully we're, we're going to have a website back up. The website crashed. I don't know. I think it had a time delay defect in it. Um, and so it went down. But I'm kind of glad because it was, it was more a Martha Stewart cooking uh, show website than a Benjamin website. And I'll be remedying that shortly. And thank you all. Continue in prayer and continue in faith. And remember, look up. Your redemption is drawing nigh. God bless you guys. Amen. And Benjamin, I don't know yet. Um, I learned this last time. You can't, can, you can't direct link to a YouTube channel yet that doesn't have a hundred subscribers. Have you hit a hundred subscribers yet? No, on the new if channel? you guys could okay. great comment, Frank. Hey, everybody that's listening, would you please go to the day of the Lord is at hand? You'll find it. it. We've got some new programs, Ezekiel 39, the time of the heathen. Um, you'll see it. The red moon is there. And um, if you go there, please subscribe so we can get to over a hundred subscribers. That would be great. Absolutely. And um, if you if you look uh, there, let me, I'm just trying to right now I'm searching a way that you can find this on YouTube. So if you go to like and just search out the day of the Lord is at hand, uh, you're going to see an, a, a, I think your video there on Ezekiel 39. Yeah. Right? So, OK, if you click on that video, folks, and then you underneath of it, you can then click on right there to go to Benjamin's channel. Um, it's got 38 subscribers currently. It just got opened. It's already got three teachings on there. You don't want to miss Benjamin. You'll have 39 by the time I can make it back upstairs and hit subscribe and, um, we'll get that going. And folks, once we get that hundred, we can direct link, uh, YouTube bans it for some reason, but I'm telling you right now, Benjamin, I will talk to you this later. We're looking at possibly moving, uh, even remnant call more onto another platform, starting to at least post to two platforms platforms because I don't expect they're going to allow us to remain, uh, but for so long. So no, we're, we're looking we're at other potential, you know, to keep the program going as much as possible. Uh, but just if you look, a lot of people are doing this right now. They see the handwriting on the wall. And basically, unless you drink the Kool-Aid, you're fully woke. You're a BLM, LGBTQ, RST, whatever supporter of everything weird. Uh, you won't be on too much longer. So with that, folks, keep us in prayer that uh, God will lead us in the right direction.
to keep the program going for as long as possible. And the good thing is, and, and this is kind of close with this. If you spend this time in prayer coming up and in your upper room, wherever it may be, your prayer closet, you know, like that, the ultimate goal of the remnant call is that you hear from the Lord directly because the last thing you need to do is rely upon what brother Frank or brother Benjamin says. The truth is this program's always been the same. And ever since I've known Benjamin, the word's always been the same. You must hear from the Lord yourself. We want everybody to hear from God directly because the thing is, once you hear from the Lord, the Lord, he's going to take care of you. And just because you haven't heard directly so much yet, don't worry. He will speak when he's ready. But keep looking to him for the ultimate guidance because he is the one who will lead you all the way to the promised land. And you can put the bank and the farm on that one. That's who our God is. Brother, thank you so much for everything you've shared tonight. God bless you. Please check out Brother Benjamin's program and we will be back again. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Blow a trumpet in Zion, someday on the mountains. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion.